Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archived, I appreciate each one of you guys. The show is also available on iTunes in the podcast section and as well as the Stitcher app. So I do want to thank each one of you guys for supporting the podcast, for downloading the show, and for listening to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just a quick intro. Again, uh, I am the founder and a CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching and training company as well as PR, and marketing expert. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. On the show, we have experts that come on the show and share a lot of helpful tips and information with you. Just keep in mind the show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. All the guests that come on the show are experts in their field. And you are welcome to contact him directly from the information I provide on the show page. You can also contact me at www.yourlifenow.info. That's yourlifenow.info, and I'll be more than happy to provide you with all the information you need. Just before we bring on our guest for today, I like to set my intention as usual. My intention of hosting the show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll bring on our guests for today. So please stay tuned. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. Today we have a special show. I'm actually sharing a recording of an interview that Mia Dussat have done, um, interviewed me, on her show, Big Game Selling. Um, her show airs weekly. Uh, podcast on www.whattalkradio.net. In this uh, interview, I shared some helpful tips to become a super salesperson and uh, some of the myth about um, the being a super salesman and what 
kind of things you should be considering to be successful in sales. So I hope you enjoy the recording and uh, please you know, feel free to comment and send me any uh, um, questions that you might have. Thank you so much. The mindset required to reel in big game contracts is what big game selling is all about. If you want to be in the top 5% who bring in 95% of sales contracts and commissions, you'll want to listen in as Mia Doucette and her expert guests talk about what it takes. Here's Mia. Welcome to Big Game Selling. My guest this week is Rhea Wilkie, founder and CEO of Your Life Now, LLC. Her company provides one-stop sales solutions to small business owners. As a marketing strategist, she provides social media expertise and sales expertise, and she also partners with other experts such as editors, graphic designers, and voiceover artists to provide clients a full scope of services. And if they need sales training or coaching on personal matters, she does that too, because her goal is to help people live extraordinary lives. For several years, Rhea has also hosted her own radio show. Welcome, Rhea. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. <laughs> As you know, Rhea, I work with commissioned salespeople who love the conquest of high-value sales and who want to push into the top 5%. I know that you were consistently in the top 5% when you were selling national accounts for major corporations, right? Yes. yes. So, so I'm interested to start our conversation there. And, and then we'll talk about what it's like owning your own company and being responsible for sales as a sole proprietor, okay? Oh yes, sure. But uh, yeah, but I mind me correcting you. It's not. I'm not a sole proprietor. Actually, it's a company that um, that I own. It's an LLC. That's right. Right. I stand corrected. Okay. So, so tell me your story. How did you get to be who you are and and where you are today? And and how did you get to be so optimistic and motivational? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's it's funny how um, actually what you know you're saying that because. Some of us are born, you know, with with passion in us, and some of us we have to learn it, um, to learn to create passion for something that we really enjoy doing. And uh, throughout my sales career, I have learned to um, to use what I already have within me, and also to improve on certain areas that to make me better, you know, salesperson. And you know, I was by top of the expert uh, in, in the game of selling. And uh, for that reason, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I am in it for a reason. And when you know the reason why you do what you do, you start to to want to be better. And that was all that I was focusing on. How can I be better? How can I be better as a salesperson so I can earn more money? And how can I be better and more resourceful to my clients? And so when I, you know, throughout the sales career, I kept adding and learning, adding and learning. And one day it dawned to me, I'm like, oh, my God, I can teach others to do what I have learned to do. Is and become when you transitioned? I'm sorry? Is that when you transitioned? Into right. That's when I transitioned into owning my own company. And, of course, you know, I always say the more you know, I got into learning how to be 
you know, my own um, boss, if you want to say, how to create the company that I have now. And uh, there is a lot more than just, you know, wanted to do things. you got to do, you know, um, the work and, and find out what you need, you know, to, to be successful. Um, so I took what I've learned in the past and I went on to, you know, to do it, to teach what I have learned. And uh, so I got myself certified and I got myself, you know, all the credentials that I need to build the company that I have now. And I pride myself that I always love to love to be challenged. So like whenever something comes in my way, um, I needed to learn why this happen. I need to find out, you know, a solution to it. So that's why I always say, you know, when you ask me what is it, you know, how would you describe your company? And I said, we are a sales company that provides multiple solutions, sure. you know, to our clients. So that's in a nutshell, basically. Sure. We're going to come back to that. But first of all, um, I, I know you have an MBA. Mm-hmm. And, and I've already mentioned that you were in the top 5% when you were selling national accounts. Take yes. me back to that time. To to um, when you were starting out as a salesperson, yeah, you know it was it was when I started it was interesting. I got recruited right out of college to work. Actually, my first ever job it was working for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, and selling membership to businesses. So basically, I was uh, what I was doing um, as a um, you know, a sales executive for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is to go talk to businesses and tell them about the benefit to become a, you know, a member of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, you know, from that day, you know, I don't want to give my age away, but, you know, it basically, you know, it opened a new path for me to, um, to explore the whole, you know, uh, position of being a salesperson. And uh, I wanted to learn more, and so the thing is, you know, I went on from that to working for, uh, you know, tele- I'm not, well, actually in advertising. I did advertising sales. That's before with the internet, you know, in the late 90s. Sure. It was mid-90s where the internet, the dot-com and all these things, and people didn't really, you know, know anything about advertising online. It was just like, you know, so I, I actually entered a lot of new um things and and I grew with them. So, you know, it's, so I worked a lot of major corporation and uh um selling is is what I'm all about, you know. I you know, like I remember um having the conversation with my husband about it and he's like, "Well, you know, it's really hard working. I used to travel a lot and stuff." He said, "Why don't you just find a regular job?" And then I said to him, "I said there's nothing else I know how to do better than being a salesperson. So that was like, you know, and and, and uh, motivation, you know, I mean, motivating myself, being self-disciplined is something I always had to work on because I work very independently, even though within the corporation, I had to learn to work inde- independently. And I knew what's at stake. The bottom line is if I don't sell, there's no commission. If I don't have the commission, then the lifestyle that I'm used to live it's going to have to change. And I wasn't willing to, you know, to let that, you know, affect how I live my life. So were you more motivated by, what were you mo- more, most motivated by? I guess the status. Um, okay. and, yeah. And, of course, you know, money always motivate you. But, you know, you can make money. But when you earn the money, it's, it feels differently. 
you know, you feel better about it. You know, like I always say, you know, drug dealer make money when you earn money. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's not about making the money. It's not ma- it's, it's The bottom line is money will come if you do all the rest of the stuff that you need to do, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the status, the, 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 the growth, it, it, it always, you know, was a motivator for me. You know, um, wanted to tell you just a quick story, and I'll make it really short, is the fact when I used to work for a company, ADP, give you the example, every Friday we had a meeting. Every Friday morning the corporation will have a sales meeting, and all your numbers are featured right on a big screen in front yeah. of everybody. So if your name is not on the top, you better not show up, show your face. That was my attitude. So that's what I said about a status. I mean, I always wanted to be the top of the top. You know, the expert, the expert. So, you know, in a nutshell, that was my attitude and what motivated me. One coach called that having the biggest antlers. Yes. <laughs> going into a sales meeting or going into a sales conference and, and showing off the biggest antlers, you know, and knowing your importance in the room. That being a, a really strong motivator for some people in the 5%. Yes. And it, it was definitely a big motivator for me. And uh, still to this day, because, you know, I mean, now I, I, I'm not really about competition. I think it's more like a collaboration. But when you've been measured, you know, among, you know, your peers and stuff like that, you need to look at it, you know, a little closely. What is it that they do better? What is it that top people do better? Yeah, exactly, and learn from them. So that's what I always looked at. It's not like I, I'm competing against them. It was like more like I want to be like you, and I want to take it step, you know, step more <laughs> above. You know, that was like always my attitude. Just like you know, learning from the from the expert, and then so you can be the expert, at the top of the the uh, the chain in the in the sales. You know, that's a really good tip for the listener who who is perhaps in the sixty percent and aspiring to be in the 5% is what are they doing and how can I do the same? Yes, so true. And, and you'll know, find your, what makes you tick. I think in sales, it's really important to get in touch with that, um, to become that top of the top, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, if you know what makes you tick, what makes you move, you know, what makes you take that step to become on the top of the chain of the, the sales group, you know, you're going to excel. But if you don't know and you're just going by, you know, and going with the flow, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I do support going with the flow, but not to the sense that that flow is taking you backward. You really want to move forward because life is constantly moving. So what makes you move forward? What makes you take that step forward? Right. That sort of ties into optimism in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. What, what, role, what role do you feel that optimism has played in your life? Because you're a very optimistic person. Yeah, sometimes people say, it's like, how can you be always so positive and optimism, mm-hmm. optimistic? And I was like, I don't really think about it. It's like it's a habit, you know. And that's why, you know, I think salespeople need to create a lot of new habits to make them successful. Sure. Uh, and And if you have those positive habits, like being optimistic and positive all the time, Nothing will face you. All the rejections, all the, the no. I don't take no for an answer. You know, <laughs> I, I really don't. I'm, I'm, you know, I could be like one of those people who just say, you have to tell me why. Why not? Why not? 
And so that was always my attitude, you know what I mean? But these are habits, habits that you create, habits that you make them your way of life. So, like, now if you, you ask the question, I, I don't really think about it. It's just who I am. Yeah, it's just natural to you. Yes. How about differentiation? How important do you think that is uh, to a salesperson's success? Well, you know, that's what differentiates us, you know, the average from, you know, the the, the best, right? Um, you know, for me, the way I take it back to my experience and what made me, you know, successful in sales um, is the fact that I was willing to take that extra step, willing to do one more thing. One more call. One more call. One more, yeah, one more, like, visit. I used to go visit my clients all the time or even people that I had, you know, um, I think one, if I can give, like, one great, you know, advice or suggestion to your listeners um, is the fact is when you feeling down, when you're feeling the most, you know, beat up by, like, rejections and people telling you no and you know you have a deadlines and you have quotas that you have to meet and things are just really just hammering right at you where you cannot think straight, the best thing I can tell you to do is to go to one of your happy Make a visit to one of your happy clients, people that you know that you have done so well by them, that they love you, and they're willing to refer tons of people to you, right? So all I'm asking you, not to go ask for anything else, not to ask for referrals, not to ask for anything. Just make a visit and just tell them if they can share with you one thing that they were happy with you. Like, why, why would they, like, why would they say, like, oh, I would love you know, to, to recommend Ria to your next project or to your next whatever, because, and then that one thing. Suggestion, Ria. What I do is I I look at my book of testimonials. <laughs> yes. And it, it, That's it, another it, good, great practice. Absolutely. Great I like yours because you you get a current um, take on on how the client feels about you, not historical. Right. It motivates you. It just makes you, you know, like, okay, you know what? There are some people out there who really appreciate me, and here they are. This is what they had to say about me, you know. So that's really important. I think, you know, the more, the, the happier, I guess, the more happy clients you have, the the, the more success you will see and find, you know. Um, so the, I think that's, that should be, like, one of the priority, you know, on the list. Um, it sure changes your mindset too. Oh, absolutely! It's all about mindset. Yeah. It's all about mindset. Yeah, and and if you believe that you attract what you think about, and I do believe that, true, then you're going to attract a far better result than if you stay too long in a negative state. It is so true, and you know what? Sometimes I think like um, if people stay too long in a negative state, they really need to evaluate why they're doing what they're doing. Because you have to build passion. You have to build passion for what you're doing. If you don't have that passion, you know people can see through you, and then therefore it's going to be so hard for you to keep building and building and and have more positive testimonial and have you know all these good feedback and. And have that pick me up, you know, motivation. Like when you're down, you you gotta, yeah, you gotta keep plugging in in that sense. I mean, it, you know, these are simple practices, but yeah. they're very powerful. They are really powerful, and you know, you do it yourself. I mean, you know how how positive these things are in 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 a in a day um, of a salesperson's life. Very much so. 
I'm always impressed by the fact that of all professions a person could have, none is more important. Of all the corporate type, of all the business type of careers a person could have, none is more important than sales for for challenging you constantly and oh, absolutely, it makes you come alive. Pull from your deepest self to to carry something through. This this, this just reminds me of something. Um, mm-hmm. When I was interviewing you, interviewing you for my book, Big Game Selling, what the top five percent know that you don't. You said that you hated being called a salesperson. True. I, I, I never liked it. Yeah. A solution finder, a solution provider, not a salesperson. And that intrigues me because I always feel that to not call yourself a salesperson is to play into a stale old stereotype. So so tell me more about that feeling you have that you don't want to be called a salesperson because I think salespeople are great. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, hey, you know, I've done it for years, okay? And, you know, they, they labeled me so many different things, sales executive, executive uh, account executive. Uh, how many different labels do we come under the same umbrella as a salesperson or sales individual, right? But for me, because you have a need, I have a solution. And that's what it's all sales is all about. People selling services and products to people have a need for it. I always say you have, there's always a buyer for something. And so you need to be the one to provide those products and services to those buyers. There's always tons of it. Um, but the fact is, you know, being labeled as a salesperson, people think of you as being like, all you think about is making that commission. You don't think about like, you know, you don't have their best interest in mind. And that's, I don't want to be labeled under that for those Unfortunately, you know, some of them are true, some of them are not true. Of course, tons of them are not true. But I, I want to differentiate myself. That's the reason I like to be labeled as or called, a, you know, a, a solution finder versus a salesperson. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I mean, I, I technically really think, you know, um, label, they existed for whatever reason that I don't really particularly like. I don't like to be labeled. I don't like to label people. I don't like to judge people. And I think for, when people get to know you, you know, you will know when you when people talk about you, they say she helped us. They don't say she's a salesperson. Do you, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like when people really connected with you and know how well what you have done for them, they don't say, oh, my salesperson. She's like, you would say they will call you by your first name. And they say, oh, Rhea really found a great solution for our problem. She provided us with this. She did this. She did that. And they name all the positive things. But the the one thing that you don't hear it that often, she sold us. They don't say <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm being honest. I mean, if, if you really think about it, you would notice that people don't say, oh, she sold us this. No, she helped us with this. She found a solution. She, you know, that's how they say it. So it, it comes out to be positive and I you know for all the salespeople out there I love you you know you do what most people cannot do I have to tell you being a salesperson is not for everybody oh isn't that the truth it's, it's not very select <laughs> it's so true and 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 the thing is which I find it to be really um ironic is the fact that we all sell oh of course. doesn't matter what profession we are 
you know, and we always selling. I, I remember like one of the things that I did not share with you, um, and I hope it's okay for me to, you know, to kind of bring it back to what you asked me about, like how I got where I am right now. Right. Is the fact I really didn't know anything about coaching. Yes, I, I mean, I was I was trained. I was trained. I'm by, a certified coach as well. Yeah, I know you are. So, I, but I didn't know anything about like, oh, you can get certified for it. You can get trained. I mean, I have my master's degree. I have my college education. I have this and I have that. But I never knew anything as a profession that I can be a business coach. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I, I remember, like, you know, um, actually what happened is one of my uh, friends, she um, she worked for J&J, and she was, a, she was actually um, uh, a senior executive in HR for J&J. And she was telling me that she was studying for this test, and I didn't know what she was talking about. And all of a sudden, I was, like, searching certain things, and all of a sudden, like, everything just came in place for me. Oh, so I'm already doing this, but now I can do it for living. Right. You follow me? So it was like I was already doing this. I was already training. I was training in my own companies that I was working for, the corporation I worked for. I trained salespeople. I was a, a, a manager. I'd done all these things already, but I, w- I didn't do them for me as like as my own company. I did it for the company I worked for. So it was like no brainer for me, and you know, one thing led to another, and all I know, you know, I became certified, and I was like over six years ago when I started my company. Closely, it will be six years pretty soon. And that's another good suggestion for people who are making that transition. What is it that you you tend to do naturally? What do people take you into their confidence about? Um, what what do people? Um, what sort of in, uh, conversations do you enter into with people? Right. And all of those are indications, aren't they, of, of let's say, an area of coaching. Right. I mean, not not to mention me. I mean, the simplest way to even look at it, if you have a job right now and you're in sales or whatever company that you work for, what skills do you have? What skills do you already have sure. that you can actually, you know, take it to the next level? And make it your own because, I mean, the opportunities are just, like, incredible. When you start opening your mind, this is when you get out of your own way and you get out of the, you know, that, that box that we all live in, most of us. When we think it's like, oh, you know, but this is secure. I can pay my bill. I can do this. I can do that. I have health insurance. I have this. I have that. We're not talking to anybody to toss themselves out in the open, you know, that you can work up to it. Sure. So it's that combination, it's that intersection of skills and interests, what we do naturally, and a need in the marketplace. And learn more. And learn more. you got to learn more. you got to keep educating yourself. I learn something new every single day. I you do, but you're also an action taker. There are very, very many people, and I know a lot of coaches, who learn mm-hmm. and learn and learn, Rhea, but they don't put into action. You know what we call those, uh, Mia? What and I heard this from yeah. somebody, and I start using it as my own because I can't remember who I heard it first time from. When you just keep taking information and you don't put it in action and start processing that information, you will start getting constipated with information. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not, it has nowhere to go. <laughs> if you don't want to be constipated, you have to exercise. Yeah. I have a sense of humor in life. I think, you know what, 
We take life so seriously, we forgot to live it. I really do. I think it's it, we overthink it. We overstress ourselves about things that really everything has solution. I can guarantee you that everything has solution. I don't know why I keep. I never used yeah. to use or Excellent mindset. Really, that's just such an excellent mindset to come from that standpoint that everything has a solution. And take responsibility. This is another thing because I made a lot of mistakes. I made tons of mistakes in my professional career, even like some personal finances and stuff like that that I got myself in trouble trouble with because, but unless you take 100% responsibility that everything that showed up, everything that happened in your life, you had 100% hand in it. Right. When you were transitioning and maybe making some mistakes going into your own business, did you have a coach, Ria? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So that helped. Yes. And I had some of the top people, yes. And you know what? One of the things, I wish I had this thing um, in front of me because I have to tell you, I don't want to open that page right now because I don't. Um, but anyway, I read something that was said, you know, even like for my book, you know, I had couple forward. And one of them, one of my clients, he's an attorney who owns now two firms. And when I when I started working with him, he was devastated the fact that he got laid off from one of the, the largest, you know, firm. And he, you know, financially was worrying. He was worried about, like, how to start up his own company. And with my help, you know, of course, now I I'm, I pride myself. And he wrote, you know, he did a, a great forward for me for the book. And one of the things that he said, and I heard it and actually read it by other people, Bill Gates said it and other, you know, people who said every one of us can use a coach. And if you think you beyond being coach, you're not coachable then. You know, that means you cannot learn something new. You cannot process something new. And you cannot advance. Because I think each one of us should be open to the idea that we need a coach in our life. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I have a client. I've had this client for four and a half years who himself, he has a company, and he has 40 coaches reporting to him. (laughs) And he felt he needed a coach. Oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, they call him advisor. Our president has an advisor. It's the same thing. We're an advisor. Sure. You know, a um, standpoint, someone to throw different uh, perspectives on things. Let's go back to your book, mm-hmm. Your Life, Your Way. The 10 must-have goals to improve your life. If you had to pick one goal, Rhea, mm-hmm. for a salesperson to improve or for a business owner to improve the life or the results, what would it be? Relationship building. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Life is all about building relationship, whether it's personal relationship or it's professional relationship. Without relationship, nothing nothing happens. We live in a society. So if you don't know how to have a positive relationship in your life, that also um, also uh, combined with communication. So those are two top things that I would definitely, definitely think that, that should be on the top of the list of people that need to set goals in. So if a person, well, most of us think we're pretty good at relationships, and many of us are not. But <laughs> let's say oh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that myself. <laughs> so let's say. Um, I, I recognize that I need help in in building solid relationships. 
what, what's the first thing I should do? Can you, I'm sorry, I, I got distracted with something I read. Could you please repeat the question? Well, I started out by saying that a lot of us feel that uh, we are better at forming relationships and relationship building than we really are. Mm -hmm. Let's say I recognize that I need more uh, work on, on relationship building. Where would you suggest I go as, as a new salesperson or as a new business owner? Oh, you don't have to go that far. Start with with your current relationship. I'm sure you have some kind of relationship, whether it's 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 it, you know a personal. We're talking about personal relationship, whether you are a mother or father, or you are um how a wife or a husband, or you are um a daughter or or son, or you are whatever. These are relationships. These are building, and everything starts from home. Everything starts from your current environment. Before you go out to the boardroom, boardroom, uh, boardroom, yeah, you know, like to the executive boardroom, mm -hmm. you you start with your boardroom at home, with the people that you have in your house, whether it's your mother, your father, your your brother, your sister, your 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 son, your daughter, you, you name it. Take a look at that relationship, and see, and and yeah, see in in our business, of course, in the business of of helping other people and helping companies and. And, and, and find a solution for other people, we always try to come down to the question of focusing first on the positive. This is what I do. I make a list. And this is how I lay it out in the book. And every chapter that is really literally could be, you know, studied separately and done the work on it because I do it like interactive with exercises and stuff. I always recommend that you make a list. Make a list of the positive things about that relationship that you examining. Right? So let's, let's say you're taking your relationship with your partner, right? So let's, let's do that hypothetically. All right. So list of stuff that are positive. First, think about the positive first. You've got to think about that because if you think about the negative in the beginning, you have your mind, this, you know, when we talk about mindset is the key to everything because when you start with the negative, now you really have a hard time finding the positive. Yeah, so, that started track yeah. more negative, that's for sure. Yeah, so start with the positive and then move to the negative. And then just say, you know, like, what one of the things that I can think, like, you know, it could be better, right? And then list it. Put it on the list. And then just say, what could I do differently? Because it's all about, like I said, we, we talked about, like, there's a solution for everything if we start to break it down. I always say simplify, don't amplify. Don't overthink things because they're all out there for you waiting for that right question that you ask. So if you don't have the right questions, you're not going to find the answer. Right. So ask yourself, what can I do differently? How can I be responsible for this? What's the responsibility? That, what, what's my expectation from the other person? What's the expectation of myself? And you have to realize in relationships, there's always two or more people involved. And that's the key. you got to understand that. Relationship does not exist in one side. Sure. And that goes out in sales. So, like, you know, when you're working with clients, you know, you have your relationship with that client. What kind of positive things that you have, what kind of things that you can list about that relationship first? What are some of the things that you need to work on? And ask yourself, what can I do better with this? How can I get them to buy more stuff from me? What do they need? What do I buy or provide them with? And keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, and building and building and building. And you become all of a sudden the one person that they look up to for anything that they need. Where does listening come into this? 
And that is the key. You've got to listen. you got to listen. When it comes, oh, my God, that's one of the top things. Well, that's part of communication. Absolutely. That's what I said, communication and relationship Absolutely. building. You know, it's very crucial, you know, critical in, in, in the life of a, of a, you know, a salesperson or a company, you know, for, for, for that reason. You know, because you got to learn to listen and listen. Listen with your ears. Listen for the things that being said and the things are not said. And, and, and look at the nonverbals. Yeah, I, I saw an interesting segment on uh, CBS Sunday morning mm-hmm. this last Sunday where uh, a woman who was an expert on body language was talking about the role of eyebrows. Mm, mm. And apparently, you can lie with your words, but your eyebrows don't lie. <laughs> yes. And, and this is a little bit, little bit of an aside. She showed a picture of Richard Nixon. They've done studies with this. If you um, uh, blacken black out the eyes, and leave in the eyebrows, people will recognize that that's Richard Nixon. If you remove the eyebrows, if you blacken out <laughs> the eyebrows and just show the eyes, people don't recognize the person. So eyebrows, very, very important <laughs> to watch how you use your eyebrows. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. There's a lot of... Or, or, uh, excuse me for interrupting you, Rhea, but, but um, if you look at your client's eyebrows, you will know if you're communicating or not. Because if they're arched upward, for example, they pay they attention. Don't believe you. They don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a fun thing to, to uh, get more information on. Well, well, you know what? What I find it to be, because this is, could actually apply. It doesn't apply sometimes. There's like a lot of study about this whole body, you know, um, language okay. and things. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that you can know if your clients or potential clients are listening to you or you are listening is to ask them questions or to validate something that they already had said, to see them if they are listening to you as well. It's not a one-way. It's two-way. They should be listening to you, and you should be listening to them, right? Sure. So when, it, when it's your turn to talk about, you know, you have to validate what they already had told you. And that show them that you are listening to them. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. And it's the same thing when they when they listening to you because you know when you feel like I, I think it's 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 a hint you know obviously their body you know some people like they look like oh my god when is this gonna be over you know um, so if you want them to get engaged you know ask them questions does that make any sense Oh absolutely you, the, the, you is that what you told me but then you have to listen to the answer right but it's not just in the question is it. It's really, I always say, you know, maybe 30, 70, you know, like maybe 30 you talk, 70 they, they you know, like 70 you listen and 30 you talk. So it, it, it's a very high. I'm not going to give you exact percentage because it really varies from one situation to another. But you got to stop talking, be quiet, so you hear the whole thing. Yeah, I think I would put the percentage of listening even higher than 70. I would too. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to say 80 to 90. To 90, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what what happens with us salespeople, and I've been in that place, so I've learned to do it differently. One of the things we get so excited, we know so much about this product and services, we just want to get everything that we know out. Yeah. And we want to just, like, spill it all out. Let me tell you, we can do this for you. And we get so excited. And we get, like, so, you know, 
And all of a sudden, we miss on a lot of things because we just run in our mouth. <laughs> oh, that's right. We just cause the other person to step back. It can't be only our enthusiasm. True, true. I think you want to make them excited. Um, you know, you wanna you wanna create that kind of uh, you know excitement. Even like you know, in in a in a very professional setting, it doesn't mean that you have to be super serious. That you know. That people are just gonna say, oh my gosh, she's a very, you know. Yes, you got, you have to be professional. Your attire, the the language that you use, your present, all the stuff have to be really put together right. You know, we don't want to forget about the the simple things that could be out, you know, um, oversighted. I mean, how many times would you rather buy something from someone who will groom and look good and speak good and knows when, you know, or someone who's just like not very well put together? Right. Like, I mean, I, I give always the example of, like, simple things, like, you know, we women, like, you know, that you go get your manicure done, right? So, you know, the first thing I do when I try to get my manicure done or something like that, I look at the person's nail. <laughs> right. <laughs> How good a job are they doing on their own? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you not, if your nails are not looking good, why would, why would I on earth would I want to do my nails? <laughs> right. I mean, this is like, you know, very simple, but yet, I mean, it's so true. It, it's just, uh, um, you know, it, 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 you know, there's so many things. I, I mean, I'm in the business of, of observing people too. And I, because I pay attention to a lot of things. And when I'm sitting with a client or I'm just like in my daily life, I always pay attention to things and how people do things. And I have to tell you, when, if we have time, can you have a time for like a short, you know, story. <laughs> okay. Um, the other day I was in my local grocery store and I actually shared it on, on Facebook and other places. I don't know the story because I was so, you know, compelled to, to, to share it. I was in line. I was in the express lane and uh, there was two people in front of me and it was like, you know, in the end of the, the line, there was this register, right? And this young lady, she had to be like either 19 or 20 years old. Then a beautiful young lady, very well put together, and she sat in, in in that line, and she was greeting the first person. I'm just like listening. I pay attention to these things because customer service is very important to me. How do you talk to your clients? How do you talk to your you know people? I don't care what kind of job we talked about that. I don't care what kind of career or or things that you do in your life. You constantly sell it, right? So this young lady, she was engaged in a really very small talk, not out loud. Not like over the, you know, very related to whatever, you know, with the store and products and stuff like that. And I was like really impressed with her attitude. Like how uh, was she talking. a client in line or was she? No, no, she's the cashier. She's the registered cashier. Okay. She was the one who was running the stuff and whatever. But she was like reading them really nicely and had a really con nice conversation with them. To the point that these were our men, and they were, like, both of them, like, very professional. They had suits on, and they were like, you know, I'm here just to pick up something on my way, you know, home, whatever. Their attitude is like, I don't want to, like, get engaged in a small conversation. Yet, her way of doing it, she actually opened them up to, like, they were smiling, and they were, like, so, like, pleasant, and they were, like, happy, and like, you know, they walked away, and they're, like, really, you know, very, very happy with the experience that they had. Made so they did the same thing with the two people, and then it was my turn. And I walked in there, and I was about to share what my observation with her, just to kind of, like, give her a little inspiring, motivational, you know. 
that her attitude was so big that it was like filling up the room like crazy. So when I got to her, she did the same thing. She greeted me and she was like, you know, getting engaged in the things and, you know, that really kind of made me. I said to her, I said, can I share something with you? And she's like, yeah, of course. I said, I am so um, inspired by your attitude. You have such a wonderful attitude. We need a lot of people like you. Thank you for being you. That's all I said. And she, like, turned around and she's like, you know, um, she's like, oh, my God, I, you have no idea how, how much that means to me. And then she, of course, at that point, she was telling me about all the problems that she has in her life and doing what she does. It just makes her feel good about life and herself in it. And I thought that was like, what an amazing, inspiring story. For someone who knows how to deal with adversity and problems in a, such a positive way. And I always say, when, when, when things go down the hill, you don't have to go with it. And, and look what happened in that exchange. You acknowledged her, and therefore she shared Mm -hmm. a lot of deep information with you. And, and how often is that important in the sales process? Because That's people not, feel they connect with you. That's the model of the point, right? Yes. That's very and much. That's exactly what I did. And I told her, I said, you know what? You are on your way to greatness, my friend. Just keep that attitude and just keep plugging in because all good things will happen to you. And she was like so, you know, like she's like, what do you do for a living? Like, you know, <laughs> but it's uh, it's an interesting how that hat always pops up when I'm in a situation like this because I feel like I need to share and I need to tell her what I thought of her because I thought so highly of her. Sure. You know, on the other hand, it was negative. I probably would just kept it to myself. Sure. Well, most of us don't hear nearly enough positive right. on a daily basis. Right. And that's why I shared it, because I literally got into my car, I sat in the parking lot, and I typed the story, and I shared it. Because I wanted to inspire people, you know what, there's still good in the world, and I think we can still do good in the world, and I think we can all make the difference. It's just we have to just do that one little thing. That's what makes differentiate us between being a salesperson and being a master closer or a solution finder. Yeah, tell me more about that. What would you like to know? Oh, I want to talk to you just a little bit more as we wrap up about what it takes to be a master closer, what it takes to be. And, and I, that, that actually is not terminology that I use very much because in the very, very high-value sale, it isn't about the close at all, right? I think that, that it, it starts at the very, from the very first conversation, just like the negotiations start at the very first conversation, right? Right. So, so right. it isn't all in the close. It's the entire process done correctly from beginning to end so that it, 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 it ends in opening a sale, really. But, but let's just talk some more about what that takes and, and what it takes to, to make a transition from sales or, or from any sort of career into owning your own business and being successful. We've talked about optimism. We've mm -hmm. talked about um, communication. We've talked about establishing relationships. We just right. now talked about the importance of acknowledgement. Right. Right. Uh, to to your appearance, your your speech, your your you know those are the asks. I call them asks. Um, a S K asks appearance, speech, and knowledge. They're very important. Mm hmm. 
if we wanted to, um, and then there's knowing versus processing what you know. You know, you can know a lot of things, but if you don't process it, it means nothing. Yeah, we were talking earlier about you can accumulate a lot of knowledge, but if you don't put it into action, it, it just means nothing. It sure does. You know, I mean, it means nothing if you don't just take that whatever you learn and, and put it into action and then share it, you know. Um, you, you've heard the, um, the saying, you know, when, it, when, it, when the teacher, when, it, when the student's ready, the teacher shows up. And, you know, what well, now you can teach. And that's what I call myself. I'm also a teacher. I teach. But I teach what I've learned, so I pass it on. I keep moving it. It's, you know, moving along. I mean, I don't think anything is original anymore. I think we're just learning, and we learn how to do things better. You know, with each with each moving moment, you know, with each uh, single moment. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, get in touch with yourself. I think, you know, some of the things, you know, what makes you happy? You know, if owning your own company makes you happy, do you have what it takes? And if you don't have what it takes, can I get what it, what I need to to have what I want? You know, and the answer is yes to all these things. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing to to do the work. You have. I always say, you know. I mean, people, we say, you know, you've heard the word, you know, asking you shall receive. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't, after you ask, if you don't, you got the answer. You don't take action. You just know it for your own good, and that's all it is. You don't do anything with it. Nothing gonna happen. You just say, hey, I I know it. I mean, how many times you hear people say that? Like, I it really bothers me. I wish they don't they don't say that. And I know somebody close to me, you know, I'm not going to say who that is, but anyway, who every time I try to discuss something with them, and this is on a personal level, they always say, oh, I know, I know. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, but you don't know anything. Because and up, up goes my shield. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, I don't want to talk to me about it. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> if you know it, but you don't do anything with it, it's like it's worth nothing. It's nothing. So action is all about action. I'm an action-driven person, and I can tell you nothing moves without action. Well, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Uh, and, and, you know, set yourself, you know, I mean, I think there's really steps, you know, to, to, um, to, to get there, you know, know those steps, understand them, you know, execute them. I'm I'm not about like to-do lists. I'm all about priority lists. And a priority list is very powerful because everything on that priority list should be important. But to degrees. Everything is like one degree different, right? So start making that list. Start making your priority list. What is the most important things to you? And that should be number one. Yeah. And if you don't know that, if you don't know that, keep asking. Keep asking until you get to that one most important thing for you. In your life, you know, whether it's it's having, like, financial freedom, whether it's having your own, you know, freedom, you know, time. People really just like, you know, most people get into their own business because they want to feel that security. Like, they are in control of their own destiny versus somebody else is in control of their own destiny. But when somebody gives you the driver's seat, you better know how to drive. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you can certainly fritter your time away in non-essentials if you don't set your priorities, and, and for each day. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, the habits that I do, and these are, you know, I mean, these are personal habits. I teach them, 
as well, but they, you know, you can alter them to your own style. You know, like for me, I always plan my day the night before, right? What's important? What's the, the most important things that I need to get done that following day? You know, I do it the prior before, you know, for, of course, before I go to bed, but I don't want to think about it when I go to bed either because that would keep me up. You know, I think people just say, oh, why would I want to do that before I go to bed? I'm going to go to bed because I'm going to think about it and I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. I'm going to say, no, you sit at your office, you sit at a place before you go to bed, and then you make that list because what you're going to do the first thing in the morning is review that list because that list might change. Well, you see, I do the same thing that you do, setting my priority for the next day, but I do it late afternoon. I don't do it right before bed. Well, yeah, I mean, I, what I, I say like right before bed, myself. yeah, I agree with you, and I, I've heard people telling me the same thing, and, and like I said, it doesn't have to be like exactly right before you go to bed. And I know people who make their list first thing in the morning, early risers, they make their list first thing in the morning. Well, whatever whatever works you right there's no one way but you have to set your priorities well you know what i always say if i can give one more things you know um one extra you know tip um for your listener is to live by goals you got to set yourself goals every single day you got to set small goals achievable goals we know we know we all know about the smart goals Yes, we all do, don't we? We're not always smart about them, but we know about them. But we know about them. That's right. So live what you know. Live what you know. Do what you know. It's it's like, I mean, I can't emphasize more because knowing it and doing it are completely different things. Completely different things. And and they require changing the way we do things now. They, They require forming a new habit. That's exactly it. I said it from the beginning, and you said it beautifully. It's all about habits, all about how, what you believe. And what you believe about yourself, I mean, one of the things that, that, that I, I don't know if I mentioned it in, um, in the beginning, it's like the difference between people who are, you know, um, the closer versus the, the salespeople is the fact that they are, um, what do you call it, they have a better self-esteem. I agree. They have what I what I would call a good strong ego. Yeah, I mean not exactly because ego could be like an ego driven kind of you know I I call it self esteem like the person self it's 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 bigger than ego it's really bigger than ego your true self your true being your self esteem you gotta like like who you are you gotta just be your best you know best friend you gotta be that friend to yourself that nobody else. You know, no matter what happened, nothing will change because you got your back. Right. But you're you're talking be responsible for yourself. Right. Don't look for strength from anyone else. Have your own back. I don't think I've ever heard that said before. Yeah, I mean, who else would get your own back besides you? I mean, actually, I was writing something, and I posted it, um... You know, I mean, it's like you got to be your own, you know, uh, advocate. You got to be your own advocate. Because, and, and be true to yourself. Be true to who you are. Because who you are is amazing. Amazing. Get to know that person. Mm-hmm. So, anything else in wrapping up? No, I really enjoyed this. You know, as you know, I, I love to <laughs> teach and I love to share 
what I have learned and what I do and I practice, you know, um, in my coaching and, and in my, you know, training, I also train other people to do the same thing. You know what? It's all about that one thing that makes you different than someone else. And you know what? Don't be, I, I, I you know, I don't like to be all normal, but of course I don't want to be abnormal, but I, I just want to be, yeah, well, you know, I, when you're normal, you are average. And do you want to be average? I don't want to be average. No, 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 neither am I. So you don't want to be average. No, heck no. I don't want to be average. I want to be average. They're not average. They're cut above. <laughs> I have to tell you, this has been so much fun, and I could definitely want to be with you a lot longer. I thank you so much, Mia, for for having me, and you know, and share, you know, making me want to, you know, share with with your listeners all the stuff that uh, we we talked about. It's been a delight, Ria. If people want to reach you, you can reach Ria Wilkie at coachingbyria.com. Do you give out a phone number, Ria? I forgot to ask you that. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I do, and I'm also on Skype Coach Ria, one word. Um, uh, it's 908-864-7919. So say it one more time. That's 908-864-7919. And, you know, I, I, I welcome anybody to connect with me on Skype. I welcome anybody to, um, you know, if they, if they want to schedule a call with me, um, do you mind if I give them that link? Oh, you go right ahead. Okay. Um, they can go to meetme.so. That's meetme.so forward slash Kosharia. They can have access to my calendar, and they can schedule a 15-minute phone call with me um, if they wish to um, find out how I can help them. All right. Now, just in case someone didn't catch that, Ria, I will get that from you, and I will um, make that information available to our listeners. And, and I want to tell you, my listener, that Ria is extremely generous, and you will not regret spending 15 minutes with her. That's for sure. Oh, you are so sweet and so kind, and you know what? I mean, back at you. This is your host, Mia Doucette, and you have been listening to Big Game Selling on Web Talk Radio. I welcome you to contact me at biggameselling at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to look at people's eyebrows for the truth. Thank you, Mia, for having me on your radio show, Big Game Selling. I really enjoyed our interview, and I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as well and get something out of it. And here is my thought for today. The key to achieving balanced lifestyle is to eliminate chaos from your life. Chaos not only takes up time in your physical life, it takes up mental time and capacity. Chaos is the element that generally induces stress. It causes sleepless nights, and it keeps your mind moving a mile a minute. So the best thing to do to eliminate chaos from your life and achieve balance, allow yourself to focus on the important things. So you need to prioritize everything. Make a priority list and start with the most important thing first. Remember, when you simplify your life, your life gets smarter. You live and enjoy life better. You have more time to do what is important to you. You can work less and achieve more. You can handle situations clearly, 
So simplify your life, reduce and eliminate chaos, clutter and stress. This is Rhea Wilkie, also known as Coach Rhea. The CEO and founder at Your Life Now LLC, the author of Your Life, Your Way, The 10 Must Have Goals to Improve Your Life, the executive producer of Your Life Now radio show, and also the feature host of Your Life Now radio show. For more information, please visit my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Love and gratitude.